Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm Alan Moore, and this is Gaelic Games Europe's weekly podcast, This Sunday's Game. Welcome to the second of our two-part look back at last year's GAA World Games in Ireland. We're going to speak with four players who play for GGE teams and also go behind the scenes with one of the Waterford clubs who took part in the twinning initiative. Now we're not going to have any news this week. We're going to go straight away to the south of France, then further down to Zaragoza in Spain. We're going to go up to Waterford, back down to Zaragoza and across to Germany to speak a bit of hurling. So, Without any further ado, we are straight to the set of France and Team France player Julie Lippi. Okay, we are throwing in the ball today with uh, a bit of French flair, a player for Team France and for Paris Gales, Julie Lippit. Julie, um, I'm sending you a warm welcome from warm Moscow, but you're in a very warm south of France, correct? Uh, yes, thank you, Alan. Uh, I'm, I'm in the south of France for holidays. Uh, at the moment uh, in uh, Fort Sadie. Excellent. Very glamorous. Um, last year, of course, you were in Waterford and up in Dublin. How did the World Games differ for you compared to other regular tournaments in Europe? First, in uh, different ways. Uh, first of all, it was, uh, was organised uh, by uh, structure what I understand, uh, that was close to the GAA and in Ireland's uh, ground. In continental Europe competitions, I, uh, I already had the opportunity to play in Ireland, pitches in Limerick and Adlone, but um, our venue were not advertised and only the old club did know uh, there were some foreigners playing football in uh, uh, at the World Games. We had the feeling that we were um, enhanced by the the parade on the city of Waterford, the finals in Croke Park. Uh, but I know it, that could be more advertised in the future. And second of all, the tournament happened in two days, but it's totally different than in our continental Europe competitions in terms of effort and logistics. The competition happened in two days, and my team friends were in the group that plays 10 matches on three days, then two matches in the final uh, ranking. In French and European competition uh, tournaments, sometimes we play six matches a day, so the management of uh, the effort is totally different, especially regarding the accuracy and soreness that arrives during or after sports. Uh, in three or four days of competition, you have to manage it in order to be able to play each day. And when you play the same day, uh, all the matches in the same day, uh, then you you just suffer during the celebrations and the day uh, after with headache and everything uh, <laughs> after the celebration. Um, and then after your, you can recover fully and not play another match. So it's, and lastly, <laughs> it was uh, organized by an independent structure that was not a club host playing as well. And in continental Europe, uh, when you organize a tournament, it happens a lot that you prepare the venue a few days before, during the day. 
uh, as you are also playing and the days after. And it's difficult to be focused on your game when you have to manage so many, um, so many things. And at the World Games, uh, we only had to focus on our training matches and our uh, recovery. For, for the World Games in two years' time, what would you change for the World Games? It, it's pretty hard uh, for me to answer that question because I would love this competition to be more um, inclusive with Irish and British teams, for example, and to get closer to Irish games with bigger pitches, uh, 11, 13, or, or 15 aside. But at the same time, I know how important is the development of Gaelic games abroad that needs to be encouraged. Anyway, um, my little frustration is to have so many regions that can compete as teams uh, as mine. France is a full selection of French players with uh, which um, rare, rarely play together. When regions can compete, it is sometimes only one or two teams mixing, or even one team with two other players, for example. And if we want to gain more credibility, I think it would help to push out the countries to have their national teams. It's pretty weird uh, to play against New York when you tell your supporters that uh, you, you are in the World game playing for France. Uh, it happens to me when I talk to my friends. Uh, and, but we, we could definitely imagine a country team competition in one hand and a region amalgamated uh, region team competition in, other, in another hand, uh, which will be organized in a less competitive way. That, that does, there's a lot of sense in what you're saying. Um, okay, and what was your most brilliant moment the most the the biggest memory for you from from last year uh the time uh all teams spent with uh, the twinning club uh even if it happens at the wrong moment for france ladies um because we were playing many matches the day after and the, the travel was uh, a bit a, a bit long we had a very pleasant time and we felt somehow important. Our training club uh, organized a show on a little buffet that shown us a bit of Gaelic culture that definitely comes uh, with the sport we decided to play. So it's really important for me to understand and to keep this route. My personal remarkable moment, the second match uh, we played against New York in our group uh, as we had a draw in the first um, in the first place we played against them so we had to beat them and uh, this match um, was the tenth in three days uh, we were exhausted but the intensity and our will to beat them make it a great match but hopefully we won the 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 shield competition but we were anyway proud of our achievements and notably the draw against uh, the world gaelic game champions but for sure we if we beat them we we could have uh, go to crow park so that's a bit of a frustration but we had a draw against new york so that's uh, our big moment how important 
are the World Games for developing uh, Gaelic games in Europe in particular? The GA uh, could be more supportive uh, to gaining credibility and recognition. Uh, I know it's a long way, but we really have the feeling that they are not even organized under the GA. Advertisement in the GA, social media pages would help. Uh, but I didn't see that much at uh, the time we were there and the few months before. It was only a, a, a Facebook page uh, for the World Daily Games. And I know so many Irish that didn't know the competition was organized uh, before I talked to them a few days before. And I think it's a pity. Uh, so I would love to, to see the support of the GA. And uh, regarding to Europe, to the GDS, it was proved by so many ways that it was important. Uh, but as a country board, the GTE should be equally supportive to all continental Europe teams and European amalgamate teams. But it seems that uh, it was the case last year compared to 2016 when the GDE put a lot of effort and finance in the European team. Julie, so listen, enjoy the rest of your holiday and thank you very much for your time today. Oh, th thank you, Alan. <laughs> Have a good day. Bye. Okay, next up, I'm delighted to welcome on the player from Zaragoza and from the Iberian men's native team, Tim Waldridge. Tim, a very warm welcome to this Sunday's game. Thanks very much. Um, Tim, listen, first of all, I just want to ask you, why the hell are you playing Gaelic football? There's much better sports to play. And if you're in Spain, why not just sit down and have a couple of cervezas? Uh, definitely a good question and one I've been asked quite a few times. Um, it does seem strange that a guy from the UK had come to Spain, never having been to Ireland and taken up Gaelic football. Um, but I do say to a lot of people, I, I think the thing I, I kind of love about uh, the sport, not just the sport, but the whole thing that it entails really is, um, that it is a bit of a community and it's something that, you know, you can just get involved in. There isn't really anything like it here. Yeah, you can play football, you can play soccer, you can play tennis. They even have that out here and various other sports, handball, they love. Um, but it's a bit of everything. It's also the kind of thing that anybody sees and instantly they go, oh, this is new, this is different. I, I, I want to kind of have a go at this. And so anybody comes and tries whatever level they have over year. Been playing for a while, but still pretty beginner, I would class myself as. Uh, or somebody who's come from Ireland, maybe on Erasmus, whatnot, and they want to kind of keep up that playing the game while they're here, but also embed themselves in a bit of a, a community that's like a home away from home almost in Saragossa. Um, how did the World Games differ for you between, say, between them and regular, gay, or regular competitions in Iberia or in Europe? I'd had never been to Ireland myself before then, actually. So that was a Part of it and it was certainly an exciting thing for me and a few of the others on the team um there were me and a couple of english guys but the rest of the team were sort of you might call pure native iberians the scale of it was obviously far bigger than the tournaments we do here the tournaments here we play the same teams and, and it's great because you get to know the people around and you really appreciate the fact that we need the other team um and you go and you play with everyone else and there's still that sense of you know, we're, we're having a great time together. And that was that there. There was kind of this sense of amazement, really, of, wow, like, look at all of these people from all over. Everyone is like a story. 
of someone who, like myself, has, has come and discovered Gaelic football, or maybe they've gone from Ireland to wherever they've gone in the world, they've found themselves a home, but they've also found themselves a football club. It was just great to be a part of that, really. As cliche as that might sound, but... In terms of changes, what would you like to see change for the next World Games? Uh, we had spoken about this, um, but certainly, as much as I loved playing, um, regardless of, you know, we would have loved to have won games. We actually didn't win any. We enjoyed it nonetheless, although a certain competitive edge might have might have made it a bit more, given us a bit more drive there, I think. Although there were other teams, that I would say, maybe around our level. Um, so the, I think the, the, the problem that a few of us had, the issue that we felt could have been done a bit better, was the fact that we had the first three days, I believe, of playing those group games against teams that were far stronger than us. I think maybe there was only one other team in our group that was nearish to our level. And it might have been a bit better to kind of divide people into, by the second or third day, even into kind of their levels. Uh, and certainly with the kind of mixture of, there were Irish and nat- natives and some who had far more experience than others, maybe some who had played in Ireland or lived there. It, I, I will certainly wouldn't have mind playing, again, the teams that were more around our level. With that, I mean, we knew we weren't going to win the thing. We, we had no illusions of that. It would have been nice to kind of, you know, really get in, stuck in and, and, and have a bit more drive about it to play against teams who are around our level. Certainly more enjoyable for us. So basically, kind of a bit of grading. So the first day you play yeah. your initial group game and then you break off into groups where the strong teams go off and play in the Champions League, then you've got the Europa League, and then you've got like yeah. the Scottish Premier. And then we've got ourselves in the conference. Conference. <laughs> <laughs> conference South. Okay, that's fine. No, that aside, um, what were the most outstanding moments for you, if you can pick just two? The first one would certainly be the parade at the beginning. Um, I'd gone beforehand and, and spent a couple of days in, in Dublin uh, with some guys from the team, and that was Know, kind of like a, before the whole tournament kicked off, just doing the typical touristy things. That was the point where it was like, wow, okay, I'm starting to realise the scale of this. And as I mentioned before, the scale of it being so much bigger than the standard tournaments we would have here and thinking like, wow, this is this is a, a serious deal. Looking around, seeing everyone from all about, um, how it was great to see everyone from Waterford come out and really embrace that as well. And then just to asking that really of like okay let's really enjoy this and then tomorrow we're going to get down we're going to we're going to play and we're going to uh and probably another moment i would say was maybe not an individual well if i had to pick one of them it would just be the moments with the team a few of us knew each other um but not all of us some of the guys from galicia that we kind of met and we 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 bonded over the week and and by the end of it it was just great knowing all these guys and just spending the time with them and at the end, we uh, we gave a little trophy to the best player. This was back in Dublin. And we certainly improved my Spanish a bit as well there, uh, trying to give team talks in Spanish, which have, let's, let's give this a go for each other. Let's just appreciate that we've all come here to, to have a go and to enjoy playing the game we love together. That was that was a big, big moment for me. And, and I always appreciate it. How important should the World Games be for the GAA and for Europe? I think vitally important. As I said before, we, we need each other. Uh, you can't play without other teams. You can't without having other teams 
and then to kind of to see that on a, a larger scale there is helps you buy into this whole uh, the attitude of every every community and, and that thing they had about every parish here we have our own little parish in Saragossa if you like um, but then seeing that all together there was great experience and I think it also shows how much the GAA will appreciate hopefully what to show us, to show the clubs around that they appreciate we're doing our little part to kind of build the sport around the world, to, to build our little parishes around and to build our communities of, of GAA elsewhere. That's terrific. Tim Woldridge, thank you so, so much for that. And, My uh, pleasure. I, fingers crossed you get back onto the field fairly soon as well in Zaragoza. I certainly hope so. Yeah, I hope you do. And listen, thank you very much and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks very much. Okay, when looking back on last year in the World Games, of course, we're, we're speaking with those of us who took part with teams uh, or with the organisation from Europe, but we haven't been speaking with anybody, apart from Pat Daly, of course, about the organisation on the ground. And of course, the twinning initiative was something that everybody speaks about, that sticks with us as, as one of the brightest memories, that wonderful moment when we all went up to visit a local club and just saw what GAA really is all about, about community support and that we are all in this together and that we all belong. So to talk a little bit about that, we have the secretary of Turin um, GAA club, Turin Ballon-Willen, who of course, they are of course the, the smallest club in Waterford, but with the biggest heart because they took in Team Russia. And I'm delighted to have on the secretary of the club, Alan Barry. Alan, a very warm welcome to this Sunday's game. Thanks very much, Alan. Great, great to be on. Alan, let's start from the beginning, which is probably the easiest way to do it. Why did Turin agree to get involved in the twinning initiative? It was a no-brainer, really. We were very um, excited by the prospect of hosting a, a club from anywhere in the world. I mean, we got a communication from the Watford GA board and from GA headquarters, I think it was uh, last May, May 2019, to say um, that... The World Games will be held in Watford and that any interested clubs um, were to attend a meeting just to talk us through the various um, ins and outs of the process. So um, we attended the meeting, we got our information packs. We didn't actually find out who, would we, who we would be hosting on the night, but um, we got together then as a committee deciding what we could do and how we could showcase Turin. As you mentioned, we are, we are the smallest club in Watford. But we've got a lot. We've got a lot to display down down there, just on the banks of Blackwater. So um, yeah, we put a committee together then in the club to get some ideas together, and we were very very excited then to hear that we were um, hosting Team Russia. It was certainly a very unique um, pairing. I, mean, I never thought I'd see the day where a Russian team would be coming to Turin. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, we were very very excited by the whole idea. Okay, so uh, that's all set it in plan. The Russians are coming, uh, which some people be worried about. But in Turin, it was like a bit. There, there, there was already a link there, and you, there was a bit of a no. Well, let's just say excitement about it. So, what was the the build up like for it in the days leading up to it? Um, the days leading up to it were very very exciting. Um, I mean, we were very lucky with the weather as well. As you know, the Irish um, summer can be very unpredictable, so we were. That, that week in particular was very warm, so we were very lucky with that. The whole community was buzzing with the excitement of 
hosting the Russians and everyone was came together to decorate our, our hall, our dressing rooms. Um, we just got our heads together and we decided we'd um, bring you down to Turin House. I mean, Jemson, that has a link with Jemsons, the famous Jemson family, Jemson Whiskey. So um, we approached those and there was no hesitation in, in bringing you down there and getting you around the gardens and the house. We decided we'd give uh, Team Russia a hurling training session with Shane Fives, one of our um, inter-county players, and that went down a treat as well. So, yeah, Shane, Shane was happy to come on board. The Jemson family were happy to come on board. And anyone we asked, I mean, even to make sandwiches, bring biscuits, bring cakes, everyone rode in and it was a real community effort. And the hall looked great, and we were delighted with the way um, it was presented on the night. Yeah, I mean, the, the reaction from the the players and the, the, the people who came with Team Russia was just unbelievable. They were delighted. Um, on the night itself, on the day itself, of course, the, visiting the, the Jemison family home, which was just outstanding and you know, but sort of dreams coming true for a lot of people uh, that were there. How did the night itself pan out? Yeah, it was a great night. As I mentioned already, the weather, the weather really played its part. Um, the Jemson family were wonderful hosts. Uh, I think the the highlight for the Russian girls was the hurling training session with Shane Fives. It was the first time a lot of them had a hurley in their hand. So um, they were delighted with that. And it was great to see that the, the rapport that, that Shane developed with the, the players and even the players, they were only there for a short time, but you could really see the connection between the two clubs. And the GA has a wonderful way of bringing people together, but you could see there was an instant connection. I think that, that really was one of the highlights for me, that Russia felt very at home in Turin. As I said, that, that, that had to be one of the highlights. What, what kind of the, 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 the after effects of it in Turin? Um, funnily enough, only as you mentioned, it was only last week that the, it was one year on. We, we were talking out there about how we'd love to do something like that again. I mean, it was a great um, opportunity to showcase Turin as a club and as a community. We were delighted with how everything went on the night and we were kind of feeling a bit lost this year that we had no, um, no hosting to do. I mean, we have a Team Russia um, plaque up in our, our hall in the, in the stands there. It has pride of place up there, so it'll always be remembered. But one of the highlights was, we, yeah, we'd love to do something like that again and build a connection with teams around the world, around Ireland. It's great for teams to get the chance to see each other's facilities and have a an, an, in, an informal night of dancing, eating, drinking and hosting in general. And yeah, it, it gave us a thirst for more. I think that was one of the standout moments. And you're telling me just before we came on air about the community efforts that were made by Turin. Um, could you just tell us just, um, you know, what, what, like sort of how, how it came about that you guys were doing the deliveries and supporting the community and sort of what, what was happening at that time? As we all know, we were hit by this um, horrible pandemic back in mid-March. Everything in the sporting world was shut down and that included the GA. But um, about two weeks into the pandemic, we were contacted by um, County Council and... Um, I mean, all clubs in Ireland rode in. It wasn't just Turin, but um, yeah, the council basically looked for clubs in each area to offer their services and volunteer to deliver, deliver shopping, deliver medicine, anything that vulnerable people needed. I mean, it was a tough time for the over 70s, we'll say. They couldn't really get out, so 
GA clubs in, in Waterford, including Turin and all over Waterford, all over Ireland, really stood up and offered their services, helping these people and helping delivering anything that they needed and just being there for them, even a quick phone call just to see how they were. And as I said, the GA is a great um, community-based service. Like we offer more than, it's more than the game, as you say. Like it's really the heart and soul of the community. So yeah, we were we were very glad to stand up and offer our services, and not only Turin, but I think every club in Water really stood up. And I, I mean, I got the call from the council one evening, and I put it up on our WhatsApp group, and I asked lads to volunteer, and there was no hesitation. We had loads of volunteers, and everyone was glad to row in behind it. That's, that that's terrific, Alan. Again, to end such a positive note, it's. Super. I know you guys are into a semi-final next week, so the very, very best luck to Turin this year. And uh, again, thank you from uh, GGE for and from Team Rush, of course, for your uh, hospitality. And we look forward to seeing you again in a couple of years. Okay, Alan, thanks very much. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Okay, next up we have Orla Duffy. She plays with Zaragoza in Spain. And of course, she was part of the Iberian Ladies Irish team. Uh, Orla, a very warm welcome to this Sunday's game. Good morning, Alan. Good morning. <laughs> Listen, it's, 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 it's great to have you on, and uh, especially a Mayo woman. And it looks like that Mayo might actually win the All-Ireland this year. Every year we think we're going to win it. So maybe on the 19th of December... We'll be uh, we'll be celebrating. Hopefully. I think so. I think I think that it, it had to have a plague to sort of like you know to, to let oh, you know open absolutely. the door for me. Yeah, it, it's. Oh, we always like to do things with a bit of drama. Do you know exactly. <laughs> Listen, if frogs start falling from the sky outside Louisbourg or Killala, then you know that Mayo's going to win. <laughs> it's, okay. it's definitely a good sign. For yeah, sure. definitely. Definitely. In, from what was the difference that you find between the World Games last year and say a regular? GGE tournament? I suppose the biggest difference for me were well, was the different styles of play that I got to see when I was in Waterford. Obviously it was a huge international tournament and there were the Irish foreign players and the native players. Whenever I got a chance I would go to, um, to watch a match between the native teams. It was interesting to see the, the styles and the influence that maybe the most popular sport in their country had on their the way they played the GAA. Um, so I think I was watching one match with South Africa and obviously they have major influence from rugby so their style of play was, was very interesting for sure. They were going through each other on the pitch and it was a good hour of entertainment for sure. Playing against, against girls who live in, in different countries and you'd get a given out to in, in the language of the country that they're living in. So. We got some very jazzy balicans on the pitch. That's good to know. <laughs> okay. Um, is it, oh, talk about that. I mean, what, what really stood out for you? What was the, like, say, okay, for, for the Iberian ladies and for yourself personally, what were the two things that stood out for you? Well, I've never been part of a tournament where we were paraded down the street of the city and had people clapping for us and people really interested in, in speaking to us and asking us our stories and how we ended up in all these random places. Um, so the first day down in Waterford, I had no idea how, how important this was for the locals. Obviously, it was really well organised and they've been looking forward to it for a really long time. I thought there'd be a couple of people on the street, maybe they'd have a bit of music, but it was huge. Hundreds of people lying in the street organising for uh, great traditional bands and dancers from local areas to be on stage. Amazing. Uh, that was 
definitely, I knew it was a big deal, very first day. Besides that, another highlight was my team, Iberia, were playing against Parnells of London. And it turns out that I was marking a girl that I went to school with and who I won kind of titles with at school and who we won a, an All-Ireland basketball under 16 together. Um, I haven't seen her since school. And we were telling each other where we were, how we ended up there. And that was pretty cool as well. That was a nice moment. That's a real immigrant story, like, you know, that it takes you a to bring you back together. Um, all the tears. In terms of, you know, the, the importance of the World Games, where should it stand for the GAA and for GGE? I hope that it keeps growing. First of all, people at home, they have no idea how massive this is abroad. It is growing abroad. Um, for example, our team didn't exist. Uh, five years ago and now we have actually more Spanish players than Irish players. That was important to show that people at home that we need to keep showcasing our culture and keep developing it maybe to support clubs outside of Ireland. Maybe the girls and boys who have been playing this game for a couple of years for them to, it may never have been in Ireland in their lives, and finally they went to Ireland. All of the all of the clubs were sent to um, a local club in Waterford to spend a night. They got to see how we grew up with this sport, our culture. I think that really drove them to want to continue playing the sport. And obviously, I've seen with the girls who from Spain who travelled last summer, they came home and told everyone who didn't go about it, and people were kicking themselves that sign up for this so I think they've seen how much this sport can bring to their lives and I definitely think the next time we travel for the World Games um, it will be bigger. That leads on perfectly to the last question um, what would you change to improve the World Games? To be honest it was really well organised fantastic and everything ran so smoothly um, the one thing I would have liked to have done maybe would have been to play against more of the, the native teams where there were teams there who didn't have Irish girls. Um, I think South Korea and Russia. Mm-hmm. So it would have been nice if we could have, maybe we could have mixed with the, um, the native Iberia girls to play some of these games with them and maybe mixed a bit more with the non-Irish. I think that would have been really cool. Whenever we got uh, a gap in our day, we tried to organise a friendly with another team. So I think we played against... Hertfordshire from England a couple of times. They were a fantastic team of young girls, like one, not one Irish-born player amongst them, and they gave us a run for our money for sure. And they were all under the age of 20, so that was really, really cool. And to ask them how they got into the sport as well, I think their coach came from, was he from Galway or somewhere, and he did a great job in the community with that, with that team. So more of that would have been really good and hopefully the next tournament we get to mix more with the, the native girls that, that, that's brilliant thank you so much for that Orla um, one quick final question what do you plan to do to cool down in Zaragoza because you're telling me it was, oh, it was over 40 degrees <laughs> looking out there now it's definitely in the high 30s already so we're going to go look for a reservoir reservoirs are fairly popular in this region of Spain in Aragon um, so we're going to go have a drive around look for one of those today have a little swim, maybe a little Estrella Galicia. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll be it. Back to work tomorrow. No okay. <laughs>
That is brilliant. Listen, Orla Luffy, thank you very, very much for your time. And fingers crossed, we'll get back playing on the field fairly soon as well. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Alan. And definitely not least, but last on today's part two of our look back at last year's World Games, I have Robin Scheich. Now, I'll ask him if I pronounce that correctly in just a moment. He, of course, plays hurling with Darmstadt, and he played with Team Germany in the World Games last year. And he also played in Crow Park in a very interesting um, mixed game between lacrosse and hurling. So, Robin, you're very welcome to this Sunday's game. Thanks for having me. Robin, um, straight away I want to ask you, what is your brightest memory from last year? That is a great question because I think everybody's looking back at the World Games as like games that are terrific for everybody. And I guess for me, it's the, the most important games that I have played in my like short career so far and maybe at all. Let's see if I make it to the next World Games and they will be as good as the last one. Um, great question. Um, I would say m- meeting meeting other people that that play gated games and especially hurling because in Germany, where I come from, where I play, um, nearly nobody knows about the sport. And then it's sometimes hard if you don't get the the feedback. And then you are there in Ireland and everybody's playing hurling, and you can go in the stores and they sell like regular hurling stuff. Um, and you meet all the people from all around the world who play the Gaelic games. And I guess that's the most vivid experience that I had. Robin, uh, stepping straight on from that, what would you change about the World Games? First of all, I thought the organization was great. There was uh, the parade uh, the, and on the first day and they had events like twinning clubs where you could meet like actual Irish players and, and clubs. And they had place to stay for us and the transport was great. So organization-wise, I wouldn't change anything, I guess. For me personally, I would even connect to more people, um, which is also hard within the five days or whatever it is, going, going to more clubs and talking to more people. And one, one thing that I want to share is like the after party uh, on, on Friday after the finals. Uh, some of our uh, teammates went to sleep quite early, as I thought, and we were going uh, clubbing, and I, I would have loved to wake them up and take them with us, but we kept uh, kept them sleeping. Okay. <laughs> right. so the, the, the third half then. So the first two halves were on the field. Third half, of course, is on the dance floor. So, yeah, that makes yes. sense. First of all, um, how important should the World Games be for both the GAA and for Gaelic Games Europe? Yes, definitely it is very important. As, as we mentioned like uh, just, just before, the, the World Games are the stage for the world to show that Gaelic Games and hurling, in my case, is, is played all around the globe. And the World Games is the place to show that, to show like every player that there are other players and also to show the world that... GAA and Gaelic Games is a thing. GAA should definitely uh, keep on that stage to show what we have. GGE, um, I think the opportunity is to strengthen the bond between the European clubs because I think there is still an opportunity to improve. Um, One example is we had a German team, which I played in, and we had a European team. So I would love to see more country 
uh, oriented clubs. So maybe one from France and so on. So more local local teams. How cool was it to play in Croke Park? That was amazing. I mean, Croke Park is the one one place I guess everybody uh, dreams of to play in, and we had the opportunity to to or invited ourselves to be honest to play there by. <laughs> creating a new game which is a combination of hurling and lacrosse which we called hurl lacrosse and then somehow the organizers managed to to have it played in croke park a special thing of course like i want to i want to add that we didn't take the official like entrance we had some some side entrance to the to the pitch and then had some warm-up but uh coming in in this huge stadium and then seeing uh, people sitting there waiting for us to play i've never experienced that for of course at the tournaments that we uh, regularly play there are some people that are watching um, but having people being seated there and waiting for us to play that is that is crazy thank you so so much for your time and i look forward to seeing you back in the field in the near future Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward as well. Hope we can play soon again. As the final whistle blows on this episode of This Sunday's Game, we'd like to thank Julie, Orla, Alan, Tim and Robin for taking part with us today. And we will be back, of course, next Sunday. So until then, take care of yourselves and each other. When the voice from an exile I happen to hear as I gazed o'er my shoulder in the pale harbor light, there the well lovely Desha I'm leaving tonight. Goodbye, Ballybrickin, farewell, Butler's town. Adieu. Ballytruckle and the road to Piltown To the lights of the city and the sands of Tramor Erdy well, lovely Desha, I may see you no more Someday with good fortune I still may Retire to the streams of Bonmahan and the vales of the Nyre. By the foot of the Comoras and the sweet Knockneal Downs. Fare thee well, lovely Desha of fame and renown. There's a spot in my heart for the folk of Lismore And send me a shamrock from the famed Nakanore By the groves of black water and hallow by the bright Fare thee well, lovely Desha I'm leaving tonight Oh, it's well 
I remember I long just to stray From the streets of Dungarvan Right into Clannay Where the lights of old Helvig Have guided me right There the well of the Desha I'm leaving Goodbye to the pastures in childhood I saw From the plain Ballygunner to the hills around Portland And the lovers that whisper in Killan's Dunghill the well of the desha, I think of you still.